This episode of this Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey is brought to you by Energy Healer Jean Borders' Personal Powerful Transformation Program. Know you're leaving money on the table, but can't figure out how to bring it in? Need to double your productivity and profitability? Need an extra push to get things moving in the right direction? Visit www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com slash transformation now and apply for a business consultation with Jean. Welcome to the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Prepare to feel a sense of relief and empowerment as we get rid of the baggage you've been carrying that's held up your business success up until now. Be sure to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, lean in, get comfortable, and prepare to take off. Hello, everyone. This is Jean Border, your host for the Focus Practical Dreamers Journey podcast. I have a special guest today, Jessica Carter. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. How are you, Jean? I'm fine. Jessa is known as the peaceful billionaire. I think that's so cool. <laughs> so how do I get to be a peaceful billionaire? Tell me how your journey went so that you are now the peaceful billionaire, because I don't think that's where you started, is it? That is not at all where I started. I started out in Western medicine of come from a 10-year background in neuroscience, a career in neurosurgery. And uh, prior to that, my undergrad was in behavioral and social science. So um, everything sort of came back 360. But it was in part my my own journey of starting to really get burnt out, having this nagging feeling that that there was more <laughs> to life, that I was that I was meant for more. And I sat on a journey of seeking and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I feel like what I was initially seeking was greater wealth and greater success. And what I ended up receiving was far, far, far more than that. Um, but it was it, it was a, a series uh, sequence of events that that kind of led me down the path. I always say that I chose my career in neurosurgery and the work that I do now chose me. <laughs> and um, that that started when I went to my first personal professional uh, development seminar, which was called the Millionaire Mind Intensive many years ago. And I was sitting in the audience and plain as day, the voice, Jesse, you're supposed to be on that stage. And it was just so crystal clear and I had never quite heard it that clear before. So I didn't know exactly what that meant or where that was going to take me. But I answered the call and I said yes. And I just continued to follow that path and say yes and say yes and say yes. Um, and then here I am. <laughs> and what do you do now? What do I do now? I do mind and money surgery or mastery, if you will. 
Um, so you you asked kind of you know how how do you how does one become a peaceful billionaire? And it starts with a peaceful billionaire state of mind. What does that look like? Because to me, a billionaire state of mind is always thinking, always moving, always in motion, always looking for the next, the next, the next, the next, the next. And that's not what I'm getting from you. Yeah, well, so that so it is a little bit of a dichotomy in the like the peaceful billionaire, right? Everybody's like, wait a minute, those two things don't don't quite don't quite make sense. Um, and so, a, a peaceful billionaire state of mind is a peaceful, action-driven state of mind, um, and has a relationship with money that is completely free from stress, worry, or doubt. Um, in that way. Um, so they're able to be in that place of action and execute a clear action plan for whatever degree or wealth of success they choose um, without having the stress, the overwhelm, the imposter syndrome, all of the things that tend to slow entrepreneurs down, hold them back um, along the way. So. When you do work with an entrepreneur, what are some of the first things that you have to typically address to get them from where they are? Because as a as an entrepreneur, a small business owner, everything comes back to you. <clears throat> you make all the decisions. You carry all the stress. You decide the vision. You decide the mission. You decide the actions. And you're responsible for all of that. So how do you get from that place of sometimes burden, always, almost always responsibility. How do you get from that to the first step on the journey that you take people on? One of, one of the first things that I, that I have people do is, is define their current definition of success and their current definition of wealth. Because how you define something is how you will experience it. So if your definition of wealth or success is is heavily connected to how well your business is doing financially and you're and you haven't yet hit that financial threshold that you would like to hit then then you're always going to feel that you that you're not doing enough that you're not far enough along yet so you're you're automatically going to be in an in an added place of stress because you're going to feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. Um, so that's one of the one of the foundational starting places that's really really fun um, because when you can change how someone defines those things and what what they currently associate wealth and success with, um, then their how they're currently experiencing the wealth and success that they already have will automatically shift. Awareness for me is one of the big starting places. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? What do we need to do to get you from point A to your final chosen destination, right? And that goes along with what you were just saying. You have to get clear on what you believe that success to look like, right, for you. Because it's different for everybody I talk to. It is. It is. Yeah, so that that's one of the the starting places, and and I refer to that awareness as as supreme clarity because the more clear you are about 
where you are and where it is that you're going, <clears throat> then then a lot of the how can fall away because there's multiple ways for you to get from where you are to where you want to be. And, and when you're clear on that and you, and you get away the fears and the insecurity and the self doubts or the worries or the concerns that you might not get there, when you get rid of those and you know with absolute certainty that no matter what, that you are going to reach that destination or something greater, um, then, then the path from where you are to that place becomes a lot simpler. It becomes a lot more fun. Um, and you're not tied to one specific way of getting there. But how do you get rid of all that? That's a very easy thing to say. Oh, yeah, once you get rid of all that stuff. Um, yeah, no. How, how does that work? <laughs> how does that how does that work? Um, well, it depends on whether I'm working with someone in in a in a private like one on one setting or if I'm working with with um, with group um, and in my programs, because there's only one of me. So I do have I do have practitioners even in my group programs, which is unique in the industry where even in one of even in my high level group program, um, my clients get a one on one practitioner um, to do theta mind work. So I have seven certifications um, in theta mind work, and it's a very gentle and simple process where you um, really get to the heart um, of what it is that's really, really stored um, subconsciously that's keeping someone stuck and slowing them down and holding them back. Um, and when you really, really get to the root, to the heart of what those things are, and you start to shift that at that deep level, um, then from where they are to where they want to be, those shifts start to happen much more rapidly. Um, theta mind work is the process that made dreams, goals, and desires of mine, like writing my first book and leaving my former career and all of these things um, that I had been working towards for years, um, speaking on stage, Theta Mind Work is what took those things that I had been working towards for years and collapsed time and made them my reality within six months. For people who don't have a clue, what is Theta Mind Work? It's it's a meditative process that you that is done with a practitioner. So it's something that's done with someone who is trained um, to do that. And they take you through a process to um, basically dig. They're just asking you questions to really kind of get to the bottom of what is stored there subconsciously. Um, and then they facilitate um, that belief being reprogrammed. Um, so just, I mean, just, just for fun, um, just for fun, um, when it comes to money, right? Some people might believe um, I am rich. Some people might believe I am poor, but you might actually have both beliefs stored. So you can change that. Um, you can actually reprogram that. Um, but oftentimes, one of the other common ones, like money is the root of all evil or money doesn't grow on trees, things that things when it comes to money or success that that were heard over and over and over again as a child um, that you possibly might have repeated on your own um, are stored subconsciously, sometimes with strong emotion. And 
that's not the belief that's actually holding you back. It's whatever that's connected to, which is going to be unique to to each individual person. Or it might not be that belief for them. It might be something different. Um, but there's something stored there. Um, a lot of people, there's perfectionism, um, control, and it, and it all has to do with, um, with how we're raised, right? Because a lot of people um, put a, a cap on their success because of the perfectionism, because of the control and an inability to delegate. And, and, and it seems like, you know, it seems so simple to delegate something, right? But when you're so used to doing everything yourself and you, you have believed for such a long time that in order for something to get done and get done right, I have to do it myself, um, then delegation is not easy for you. Whereas for some people, it's very easy. So it's a matter of, of what, um, what that thought process and what those beliefs are for you. Two things that came up, but I'm going to hit the last one first and I may forget the first one, but the whole delegation thing. I'm also, I work in the leadership roles, right? Because that's, that's my background in the business world. Um, I'm always pushing to train your replacement all the time because (laughs) What happens if you have to be unexpectedly out for a while? Is the whole operation just going to fall apart because you have no one trained in your processes? That doesn't mean you're not the the driver of all the processes and still the decision maker, but you shouldn't be doing repetitive tasks, right? But that whole mindset, yeah, but I don't have time to train somebody and they'll mess it up and I'll have to fix their stuff. But after you fix their stuff a few times, you've trained them. Now that frees you up to be thinking about things that are important for your business, right? This whole delegation thing, oh, but but then I'll have to go check their work. Well, you will the first couple times. But after that, they'll know what you expect. If you don't verbalize your expectations, you're never going to see them come to fruition, right? Be clear on what you want and let them be clear on what you expect. That whole delegation thing is, that is a really tricky minefield. So if somebody has that belief that, that I have to do it or it won't be done right. How do you use theta mind work to go in? And you, you mentioned the word reprogram that belief. How, how does that change occur in someone? It, it occurs. <laughs> um, it occurs through a, a, a power and a force far greater than, than myself. Um, you know, as a, as a practitioner, um, you know, we're, whether it's myself or one of the practitioners um, who works with me, you know, we, we're a conduit, um, you know, for, so the request is, the request is made. um, But let's just, um, let's just shorten it to say, um, you know, the belief is I I have to do everything myself. Let's just say, Um, and you energy test to, to see, if in fact that is a bottom belief. And so if it's a bottom belief, then that means that it's present on all four levels. It's present on a core level um, that is unique to you personally, right? Your current life. Um, It's present on a history level, which goes back, you know, family generations, three and four generations forward and back. Um, It's present on a 
um, history level, which goes even further back um, seven years or more and on a soul level. Um, so the change occurs on such a deep level um, using theta mind work that that there's actual change that occurs in someone's DNA. And and they've done multiple scientific studies, um, you know, and monitored this and, and everything. And so um, after studying many, many modalities and experiencing many different types of of this work myself, um, I chose this one and I use this one because for me, um, not only was it the most gentle and efficient, um, but also the most effective. Um, 99% of the time when someone's done any sort of um, mind, other mind work with subconscious reprogramming, um, that they think they've worked through something, they think they've cleared something, um, and they come to us and they start doing theta mind work, they're very surprised that, oh, I thought I worked on that and I thought it was gone. Um, and so this is a much uh, deeper and more permanent effect. And so that's why I personally use it. But if it's so let's so the belief I have, I have to do everything myself. So you energy test and it would be I have to I have to do everything myself um, on all levels and you would test. Yes. So the the language that I'm requesting is um, is that that be reprogrammed from yes on all levels to no on all levels, right? I have to do it all myself on all levels, no. Um, and then you can also add some supportive um, beliefs, um, you know, but sometimes sometimes you don't know. Sometimes somebody might not feel, um, and you also create the feeling alignment for it, which is one of the other reasons that I find Theta Mind Work to be more powerful than other things. Um, because what most people don't realize is, is your feelings and how you feel is your jet fuel. That's part of that's part of your jet fuel um, on your path and on your journey from getting to where you are to where you want to be. Um, so that's that's a part of it where you create a feeling alignment for that belief. So I know what it feels like and how to live my life um, knowing knowing that I don't have to do it all myself. That's interesting. Yeah, emotions. I, I'm gonna throw this out, and it may or may. Do you use muscle testing? Is that what you when you say energy testing? Is that muscle, mm -hmm. what people refer to as muscle? Okay. Yeah. Um, there is this idea that 80 percent or more of all disease in the body is created by emotional stuff that that we held on to that's no longer serving us in some way. Does that go along with with your work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm the I'm the queen of uh, <laughs> suppressing emotion. <laughs> um, so and I and I did so for most of my life. And and so I can speak into it uh, very well. And, and what what happens, especially especially for um, if, whether you're alpha female, alpha male, if you are strong, independent, really successful, um, you tend to be very much um, wired in that way. And it's very difficult to, very difficult to turn that off. And um, one of the ways, kind of one of these armors that you adapt in that way is like stay strong and soldier on. And so what happens, whether you're a man or a woman, right? Um, societally, we've all been taught that vulnerability is weakness, 
And for me, vulnerability was definitely weakness. Never let them see you down. Never let them see you cry. You wear that honor, right? And you know, that, that that armor and as, as a badge of honor. And you, the emotion gets stuffed down. And you think that if you stuff it down far enough and pretend that it didn't happen or that it's not there, that it goes away, um, which is not true at all. It's all stored um, in your body, in your cells. Um, and so in a, in a group setting, um, in a group setting, I use theta mind work in, in different ways than it's taught and how I was trained um, to do activations. Um, so you walk people through that process. And when you, when you walk someone through the process to, to do theta mind work, um, you're automatically that meditative process drops you and or the client into a theta brainwave, um, which is that sleep like state um, before you go into deep sleep. And fun, fun fact, it's it's supposedly um, adults cannot access a theta state when they're awake. Um, but interestingly, children up to age 12, um, it's considered normal but it's considered abnormal for an adult to be in a theta state when, when they're not in that sleep state. Um, so this meditative process drops you into that theta wave. Um, and that's where it's easier to access and create change subconsciously. And um, so I use that to, to also do like activations for success, for abundance, for money, for wealth. Um, and so you can, so you can also activate the, that, that, reprogramming process in that way okay here's a question you mentioned these separately so i want you to address them separately money abundance wealth Mm -hmm. talk to me about how you address them differently because in your mind obviously you 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 do so with a client how would you address those differently how would you define those with that client's belief system Or do you? I mean, not not typically, um, unless some unless someone really really has a, a different um, a different definition, right? I mean, money money is the actual energetic exchange. Right. When you think of an abundance and abundance could be an abundance of anything. Right. It might be an abundance of money. It might be an abundance of love. It might be an abundance of health. So abundance just means that you have a lot of something. So what is that? What is it? Right. And it's also feeling abundant overall. And, um, you know, you have plenty, you're abundant in that way. Um, and again, maybe it's money, right? And so if you if you're abundant with a lot of money, then then that, you know, then that reaches that definition at some point for for someone of wealth, right? Um, but I, I think there's different definitions for wealth. Um, you know, for me, wealth really means having plenty of health, of financial wealth and also love and relationships, having plenty of all of the finer things that life has to offer. Um, 
and not sacrificing one thing for the other. Something I struggled with personally for quite a while was how much is enough? Because people are always saying, oh, well, I want to have enough money to feel comfortable or enough money to cover emergency or enough of this or enough of that. And so I'd hear the I different clients would have different definitions of enough, correct? So internally, I don't even know why I went through the whole process, but how much is enough? You know, is enough to pay your bills enough? Is enough to travel the world enough? Is enough to fund a rescue organization then enough without impacting your lifestyle? You know what I mean? It just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And the more I thought of things that I would like to do with the money, the enough level kept increasing. So that's that whole, um, in football, you have yardage. So you know exactly how far you've come. And the, the goalpost is you've made it. But if you keep moving the goalpost, how do you know that you've made it, right? So entrepreneurs have seem to have a struggle internally with knowing that they're successful, knowing they've reached their goals when they haven't actually set specific goals, perhaps, or as soon as they get there, they're like, oh, well, now I need to go farther without even celebrating the fact that, look what I did. I met this goal. I did this great thing. There's no crowds cheering. It's just like, and next, you know? Well, I think that that's I think that that's something that falls to to the wayside far too often as adults is it's celebrating anyways. And I mean, and that's one thing that I bring in um, in everything that I do is we always start by start with a win and a gratitude. Right. So, share you know, share a win, share a gratitude. What's your question? Um, and. Because because what gets celebrated gets replicated. And as adults, <clears throat> oftentimes, you know, you, you don't slow down enough to celebrate the small things. But it's those small things that lead to if, if you if you can't feel that excitement and that joy, that same level of excitement and joy for a small win that you would for the big one. Right. Then by the time you get to the big one, it's not going to it's not going to feel as good as you thought it did anyway. Right. So so it really is about it really becomes about enjoying the journey. Right. Because it's truly the, the no matter how grandiose the destination is, if you didn't enjoy the journey to get there, that destination is never going to feel as good or seem as great as you thought it was going to. Um. And so, so some of, some of that is, you know, really being present in the now, like, yes, you have these big dreams, goals, and desires, and yes, you're working towards them while also enjoying everything that you have now and being grateful for everything that you have now, um, and, in, and having fun on that. And so that part of it is fun um, for me and also about building financial freedom for your current lifestyle and, and really being focused on increasing that level of what your money is doing for you so that you can really, really show up and be very intentional and purposeful and passionate, not only with your money, but also with your time. 
And so, so for me, that starting place um, with my clients is getting financially free um, for your current lifestyle, right? So you have assets that are paying um, that exceed your current monthly expenses. And then once you're there, then stretching it. Okay, what is the desired lifestyle? And then you reverse engineer what is required to get you from where you now are to that next level. And having that desired lifestyle um, paid for with passive income versus continually trading time for money, right? So that you always are in a place of choice um, as how you choose to invest your time. Because that's what so often falls to the wayside um, is you can always go out and make more money, but you can't go out and make more time. That's hilarious. I saw um, the way your thoughts go, right? My thought was hilarious. You weren't hilarious. But um, I I actually read in a book and I highlighted it in a book. It was a Kindle version. So you can just do little highlights that don't actually mess up the book. But it was that just thing. It was that that statement that you said, it's just money and I can always go make more money. Because that is true, right? Um, whether it's a little money or a lot of money, we all have the ability to bring money in. It's just a question of when we get it, do we know what to do with it? Do we know how to protect it? Do we know how to utilize it so that it creates something more for us so that the next time we go out, we can bring in even more money? To that, That's a huge part of the process that I think some of us don't necessarily think about focusing on to learn, right? It's just, I need to make more money. I need to pay the bills. I need to make more money so I can pay the bills. So you're always in the state of tension because the money has to come in to cover this and, ah, relief, I paid them. Okay, now I've got to have more money to pay the bills. Ah, relief, I got it paid. No, now I've got to create more money. And without creating an extra cushion each time so that the tension isn't so bad, we don't think about that kind of thing, I think. And and I mean, and we're not taught that, right? I mean, and societally, um, societally, we're programmed to live in the broke cycle, which is make more, spend more, make more, spend more, make more, spend more, make more, spend more, right? Because the majority of the people out there, whether whether you're a professional working in a career or you're an entrepreneur, in your mind, the solution is make more money, right? If I if I just made more money, if I just da, 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 if I just made more money, um. And that was really one of the big turning points for me was when I made a career shift, was making a lot more money, and then found myself living paycheck to paycheck again. And I was like, wait a second, like something something is wrong here. Um, and so so my work, we get we get really clear on that, right? What is what is your money personality? What is that underlying financial blueprint that you have stored subconsciously when it comes to money, wealth, success, greater levels of that, right? Greater, greater levels. Because no matter where you are, there's always a next level. Yes. And so what what does that, where where are you within that? Because because you because you just don't know, 
but it's those those things that are keeping you in the cycle that you're currently in, right? So you initially have to get past, you know, a little bit of the shiny object shiny object syndrome, so to speak, um, because that gets packaged depending on where you are, right? It's like I used my shiny object syndrome used to be like clothes and shoes. And then my shiny object syndrome became investing in courses and coaches and mentorship, right? But there still has to be, you still have to be very intentional with where your money is, where your money is going all the time. (laughs) Um, So that's one of the things that we do too, is, is giving your money a job so that all of your money that comes in gets assigned a job and it's designed to support you and being able to enjoy the money and success that you currently have while simultaneously building financial freedom for your current lifestyle and keeping you on the trajectory for then creating the financial freedom for your desired lifestyle for that next level lifestyle. Give your money a job. I love that. And and I'm going to start doing that because I do it subconsciously, but not from an awareness viewpoint, right? Because I'm like you, the education stuff, I'm always learning new stuff. I mean, I just signed up for another course this morning, you know, while I'm in the middle of all these other courses. But as I get, as I get interested in something, I go all into it. And then I, okay, I need, I've gotten everything I need from that. And I'll go on to something else. Um, But giving the money a job. And part of that job would be to recreate itself back into my bank account. I think that would be a really good job for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the, one of the things that, that we do. And, and I, I teach like different levels. There's a specific money management system that I teach. um, And then I teach how to leverage that, how to personalize it for you. And when you're in a program in a container with me, um, there's time allotted for that to happen. So by the time you've spent three to six months with me, you now have a habit when it comes to money that's going to serve you for the rest of your life. So it doesn't matter how much more money comes in, right? You're managing that money the same. And so it's designed in a way to support um, to support you. It supports your learning. It supports you playing. It supports you investing more. And, and so it's really designed to seamlessly continually work for you, no matter, no matter where you are. So whether that's, you know, you're at five figures, it's small and you want to get to six figures, you know, you're at six figures, you want to get to seven, you're at seven, you want to get to multiple seven, right? But getting more clear on, and there's so many ways to to grow that, and then you get to dive into whether that's whether that's creating scale in your business, right? Leveraging other people's money. Um, yeah, there's just so many ways to create more um, in your life. But there's that saying, right? If you can't manage five dollars, how can you expect to manage five million? Right. So if you're efficiently managing what you currently have, then it makes it much easier for more money to flow in um, because that money has a job. And and that's part of there. 
money actually prefers to behave in a way um, where it does have a direction and a job. And so you automatically start to create more of it with ease um, because you're being very intentional with everything that's coming in and everything that's going out. I think that's part of the growth process as well, because when, as we move between levels, there is that uncertainty factor. Well, what will I do with that money? Will I know how to manage it? Will I, will someone take advantage of me if I go to somebody to help me manage it? How do I invest it? I don't know anything about that, that world. What about the crypto world? What, how do I get up to speed? And everybody says something different. So what am I supposed to do? So, and after time you get comfortable with that level, but like you said, as you go to the next level, the same fears creep up. So there are like layers of this, I'm going to call it a growth process, right? To get from where you started to where you ultimately want to be when you really have insufficient knowledge of that target world to feel comfortable that you fit there, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I, I, it's not my favorite saying, but it, but it, but it really fits, right? There, there's a saying like "new levels, new devils." Yeah, right. Yeah. So as as you continue to grow and expand as a person, and as you continue to grow and expand your net wealth, notice I said net wealth, not net worth, um, because your worth has nothing to do, right? Your individual worth has nothing to do with how much money you have in any bank account or accumulation thereof. Um, so the net wealth, as that grows, right, and you grow. Um, but it's it's best when those two things are happening simultaneously, um, because as you as you if if you're continually growing and expanding <clears throat> as an as a person, um, as your net wealth is growing and expanding, um, then I then I think that it it mitigates that. Right. Because you're you're growing and expanding along with the expansion of the wealth um, where people get into trouble is when they really jump from one place to the next or they built a lot of, quote unquote, money or success on that foundation of fear of scarcity or lack. And money is simply an amplifier. So it's going to amplify whatever was there originally. So that's that's where that's where the problem when it comes to people like, well, what is enough? And if I have X, Y or Z, then I'll feel secure. Well, the the it's very misleading because security exists in here, in your inner world, your inner world of money. Right. The money exists in the outer world. So so those two things exist separately so you feeling so there's there's people with with hundreds of millions of dollars that don't feel like it's enough right and and they're not very happy and they're not very fulfilled um and there's still that place of scarcity and lack because that's where that's where they built it it was built there and so there wasn't there wasn't the expansion of themselves along with the wealth and so they don't actually currently have the consciousness for the amount of money um, that they that they have control over. Um, so so it, when you do spend some time and do the work, um, 
you know, it, it's either going to take you from, you're automatically going to end up with more money, but, but it doesn't matter if you have a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred million dollars. What's the point if you can't actually enjoy it? I totally agree. The feeling of safety with having enough money is an interesting concept because the money doesn't make you safe. But in your mind, having more money would be a safety cushion, right? Or if something comes up, I have the money to pay for it. So we have built a whole system of feeling safe around if I have money, I am safe. Well, you can pay your bills. (laughs) Yeah. Well, personal safety, I don't think, but. Well, and that, and that comes from, that comes from the, the evolution of, of money, right? Where society has evolved in a way that we do require money to put a roof over our head and food on the, on our table. So money replaced, became a survival mechanism. And so the association with money um, or having enough money um, is, has evolved in a way that's associated with that very primitive part of the brain, right? So money equals safety. <laughs> um security um survival um and that's and that's ultimately not what it what it means um but there but when you have that very strong connection um to money meaning safety and security uh, that's a place where you can go with theta mind work because that's going to be very unique to that individual um it's it's ultimately not the money that's going to make them feel safe or secure. Doesn't matter how much money they have. The they somebody could give them a hundred million dollars, right? And they're not going to feel safe or secure um, because it has nothing. Because the safety and security has absolutely nothing to do with the money. So you have to get to the to the root and the heart of what the disconnect with safety and security is for that person and what it is that they actually need to feel safe and secure. It's not money. It's it's a very interesting thought process for me because as a single female, I've that is part of my belief system. I must support myself financially. Not only that, I must do it to support the lifestyle that I expect myself to be able to enjoy. So part of that goes back to identity, I think. And you know, for me anyway, I probably for a few other people, but I want to live a certain lifestyle that I've decided makes me happy. And so in order to do that, I have to feel safe and secure in the fact that that much money to support that lifestyle will continue to show up every month or every year, whatever. Right. But the, but again, that, that, that's, that, that's the, that's the, that's the misconception is, is that, that, that the safety and security is, is in that. Um, And Part of, part of how um, part of my learning curve in in getting to work with people and serve people at the absolute highest level um, was getting to that place uh, within myself. When you strip it all away, when you strip away the money, you strip away the title, um, and you 
feel safe, secure, and enough with nothing. Yeah, and I don't think I'm there because there are too many things I want to do that require me to have money to make them happen. And I'm not willing to give that up. <laughs> oh, I have to, but imagine, but, but, but imagine, imagine feeling safe and secure without any of that. Right. So again, those two things are independent of each other. Like you've assigned meaning to them that one means one equals the other. Um, well, I've assigned meaning to the fact that the lack of sufficient money would impact my enjoyment of life. That's that's the the belief system I've created. I'll have to work on that. I'll, I'll have to explore. Well, and, it, and, it, and it does and it does limit. Right. And it does limit the lifestyle and and how you enjoy your life. Right. So, I mean more money is should make your life more enjoyable, right? It absolutely should. Now, it doesn't for everyone, but it absolutely should. Um, but that's not safety and security. That's the, that's the, that's distinguishment. Okay. Joy, more fun, more joy, more luxury, more this, yes. But actual more safety and security, no. I go along with that. Yeah, but it, it's for me. It's it would take away some of my opportunities for enjoyment that, that if 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 the money for wasn't sure. here. Yeah, for sure, for sure it does. Especially especially when you're especially when you're used to when you're used to having you know a certain level. Like going backwards once once you've hit a certain threshold financially, going backwards is just like. No, right. Your your whole your whole sound system, right? Your, exactly. Your whole, you know your whole like every single like all of that inner wiring is just like nope, 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 nope. Right to go back, um, because you've created you've created something and a lifestyle, a certain level of of a lifestyle or quality of life that does bring you joy. And so to so to to go back to less than that, um, you know, all of your spotty senses go off. No, 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 no. Right. Exactly. Um, but but what's interesting is like when you're really looking to take a leap into the next level, those same spidey senses go off and it's like, ooh, I, I, I don't know. Right. Like, so. <laughs> well, even exposure as for a small business owner, exposure can be very unsafe internally. It, it can create those tension feelings. Right. Well, if they see me here, then that's going to create this and that might create that and that might create that. And you don't know how to deal with those new creations. So that creates more tension in the body because you're aware that you're not perfect and you don't know everything and you haven't experienced everything. So a situation might come up that you've never had to deal with and that creates more tension because you've got to expect the unexpected. So that's all these things play in together. But growth is a funny thing. We want it, but we're afraid of it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what are some of the strategies that you utilize to get someone from this level of financial wealth to this level of financial wealth? One, I mean, one of the biggest ones is, um, you know, you, you, you start with the, with, the money management system and and 
really, really honing in on that um, and create that new foundation um, and then and then build and then build from there. Right. Because because you you want to foundationally have the habits of financial excellence in place. And and because once once that just becomes innate for you, then then the other then the other stuff becomes becomes easier. And and you're able to it's designed in a way that it regardless of what your money personality is, um, the money management system is designed to support that um, and and taking that to to the next level. So you foundationally have to start there. Um, and then and then you play around with, you know, OK, well, I do have some money that I want to invest in a passive income stream. Um, you know, what was that? And I introduced people to opportunities, um, specifically to opportunities that have worked for me. But when you're giving your money a job, you also have money. Not only are you building money to invest, but you're also building money for your education. Right. So, yes, you're investing some money to in your in your education to to work with me and learn from me. Um, But then but then you might decide to. What is one of those um, vehicles that you want to generate more wealth with? Right. And and maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's short term rentals, for example, maybe it's Airbnbs. Right. So maybe you're you know, so maybe you invest in. A real estate course, or maybe you're investing in, you know, just in different different things, right? So, part of the the best investment advice that I've ever that I was ever given is invest in what you know, and and that's why investing in yourself is one of the best investments you'll ever make, right? Because you know you, and and so you know you know what that you know what that investment is and you know where it's going. Um, but I, I watch a lot of really successful, especially men, because men tends to be um, tend to be much more ballsy um, with money and investments um, and a bit more aggressive. And but I've, I've watched so many of them lose so much money because they throw money up on the wall like spaghetti at, at something that they and they hope it's going to stick right because their buddy talked about it and you know and there are some investment strategies and investment vehicles that are you know pretty much if it worked for me it's going to work for you um but not all of them so it's important to to really you know know and understand what it is that you're investing in and and that's part of it is is learning to trust yourself um, in that regard, rather than always depending on someone else to manage your portfolio. Okay, here's something totally different. <clears throat> I've heard mention of a $27 billion asset that you have available for yourself that you're probably not utilizing. Talk to me about that. Yeah, well, your $27 billion asset is this six inches of real estate right here between your ears. So your mind is a $27 billion asset. 
It's fueled with 27 billion kilowatts of power. Um, and it ties into everything that we've been talking about, right? First of all, like we started with that clarity piece, right? So your mind, having that 27 billion kilowatts of power, where are you directing it? So that's where, so you're, so the thing is, is when it comes to, most people talk about manifestation. I don't talk about manifestation. I, I, I speak into co-creation because manifestation is simply a thought brought forth. Um, but every single person here on earth, me, you, and everyone else who's listening, um, and everybody else on earth who's not listening, um, everyone is, is creating the reality that they're currently experiencing. Um, and you do that by way of your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, and your actions. And the quality of all of those things determine the quality of that reality that you're experiencing. Um, so if you're experiencing things around you um, that are not desirable, um, <laughs> then um, then you need to, to to check in, right? The answer the answer is the answer is in here. Um, so that 27 billion kilowatts of power is there, and you're constantly directing it towards something. Um, so what are you directing it towards, right? And so it, just a, a simple thing, right? Worry is praying for something that you don't want. So when you're worried about something, right, you're amplifying that worry with 27, unknowingly amplifying that worry with 27 billion kilowatts of power. That's why oftentimes something that you're worried about comes true, right? People worry about things and they happen and they're like, see, I was right to be worried about it. No, you created the thing that you were worried about. You created it. That's why the thing that you were worried about happened because you were focusing 27 billion kilowatts of power behind it. So of course it happened, I love even that. though you didn't want it to, right? <laughs> so that's where that clarity piece, right? Getting getting really, really clear um, about that is so important, right? And are you directing that 27 billion kilowatts of power towards a clear plan to get you to that desired end goal. I like that. <laughs> um, so most people don't think about that, right? Most people don't think about this right here as an asset. And the $27 billion is a $27 billion asset. That's, that's when you really think about, okay, like this is how valuable every single thought that you have is, right? And every single one of those thoughts has 27 billion kilowatts of power behind it. So are you fueling those thoughts that you're from the voice of your inner critic? Are you fueling that like, I'm not enough. I don't know if I can do it. What if it doesn't work out? Are you fueling that? Are you fueling like, no matter what happens, it's all going to work out how it's supposed to. I've got this. I can do it. Even if I fall flat on my face, I'm going to learn something from it and I'm going to keep going. Right? No matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Or, or is that what your 27 billion kilowatts of power is fueling? Right? And, and stepping into everyone has the same opportunity to stay in the passenger seat or take the wheel.
Yeah, the the brain is so powerful. There's this um, uh, Tony Robbins. I I've been involved with his stuff for decades, but the, the latest thing he's got going on some of the social media sites is you don't experience reality. You experience the reality you focus on, the thoughts in your head that you're creating about what's actually going on around you. Someone else is going to have a totally different viewpoint on the exact same experience because we go back to our our belief systems, we go back to our past experiences, and we make judgments about ourselves, the world around us. And are we going to make negative or positive judgments? Are, are our thoughts going to move us forwards towards our goal? Or are they going to put up more barriers, more obstacles that get in the way of the journey to get from where we are to where we want to be? I'm very big on journeys. That's It's in the podcast. I, I've been um, stuck on that word for quite a while. I told somebody um, recently, my very first book was A Woman's Journey Through Pain. I had migraines all my life. So it was a woman's journey through pain. So I've I've always been drawn to that word journey because like you said earlier, the destination, we can get there and not even recognize what it took us to get there. When really the important part is all those steps that we that we took along the way that gave us a different experience, that allowed us to shift our mindset, that allowed us to experience joy or growth or whatever, right? Well, and for for me. For me, what I'm most proud of is who I've become on this journey. So there's there's no amount of money or triumph that could ever supersede who I've become in order to create the life and the lifestyle and the business that I have. I'm I there's nothing that I'm more proud of than who I've become because for a long time, I wasn't necessarily proud of, you know, how I was showing up. Right. I mean, I, yes, I had a certain level of, of outward success, but that doesn't mean that I was, that I was showing up in the highest and best way every day in that role. And so I always say, like, how you show up for yourself is how you show up for the world personally, professionally, romantically and financially. Um, And that's and that's really, really where it starts um, is is with self. And 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 if you're focused on. Who you're becoming more than where you're going, then. and, And you can stay grateful for that that's that's when the destination becomes really sweet because then you get to these like small little destinations that you didn't even expect to be there and you're like holy crap that was cool right so so when you're when you're more focused on who you're becoming along the way and what's required you know from within to reach that next level of financial success or wealth or whatever that success is that you're seeking know that it's also seeking you but but there's something so much greater waiting for you than you can even currently imagine if you're just open to that possibility 
I mean, I never imagined myself sitting at Napoleon Hill's desk with a copy of my first book in my hand. Like, I never, you know, that wasn't like on the vision board, on the dream board, on the wish list, right? That wasn't there. But, you know, last year around this time, closer to the end of October, like there I was sitting at Napoleon Hill's desk with a copy of my book in my hand. And I never could have imagined. Um, So when you're really, really, you know, open to it, the the things that are so much greater than you could ever possibly imagine um, will start to show up for you. But you have to be open to that. And that's where I think we're going to leave it. Do you happen to have any closing thoughts for our viewers, our listeners? We we do video and audio. Um, I know you have a website, the Divine Heart Dynasty. Dot com. Uh, that's that's the that's kind of the original um, website. <laughs> website. Um, it actually it honestly needs to be updated. So I would say. Um, you can go there, but it's not current. <laughs> so I would prefer you not go there. Um, the best one to go to is is thepeacefulbillionaire.com. Okay, cool. And the uh, links will be below as well for everybody who's, who's listening in their car or whatever. Okay. But I have a, a, yeah, I have a few final thoughts. There's one that I always like to leave, but you mentioned obstacles and, and we were all, and you were also talking about Tony Robbins and, and a little bit. So there's a, a Wayne Dyer quote, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So one of those takeaways and tips is to shift your perspective of obstacle from obstacle equals obstacle to obstacle equals opportunity. Because when your perspective is obstacle equals obstacle, your subconscious mind throws up a giant red stop sign and it acts accordingly. It stops. It's like, oh, obstacle, roadblock. Um, If your perspective instead is obstacle equals opportunity, now your subconscious mind actually steps in and starts to help you out. And it's like, okay, where's my opportunity? Opportunity. Where's my opportunity? This is a perceived obstacle. It's really an opportunity. Where's my opportunity? And once you have that support and you're searching for the opportunity, you will find the opportunity. You'll see the opportunity. The opportunity is always there. But if your perspective is obstacle equals obstacle, you'll miss the opportunity. The opportunity is cool. always there. Cool. Um, that's one. And um, and my my final takeaway, I always like to leave um, leave anyone with is where you are now is closer than you have ever been. Keep going. Where you are now is closer than you've ever been. Keep going. I like that. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed our talk. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we could talk all day. I know. (laughs) So everyone, thank you for listening in. I hope you got a few great nuggets out of this because obviously I got some things that are going to make me explore some of my belief systems. Um, This is Jean Border, your host on the Focus Practical Dreamers Journey podcast. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Focused Practical Dreamers Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. 
Remember to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey.